Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we are going to be reviewing Wretched. I'm going to pull them up. Wretched Radio, I guess, is the, the name of this interesting YouTube channel. Now, I, I was sent this uh, quite a while ago. I think it was this particular video or another one with this guy. And uh, my first initial impression is it, it was a grand parody of Calvinism. It, it, was, it was so over the top, so ridiculous. And uh, I just, I thought it was, I thought, I, I legitimately thought it was a parody of Calvinism. But I think this guy is sincere. He puts out a lot of videos for Calvinism and his personality is a joke. It's a joke. So that's why I, I put on uh, a Lazy Town intro. He reminds me of the number one guy who uh, is just, just a big, tall, goofy-looking, uh, bumbling individual, and uh, that's that's who this guy is. So I'm going to hit play on him. You'll you'll probably see his personality come out, and then you'll have to ask yourself, who does this appeal to? Who is the audience that is consuming this media? It let's, let's see him. Was the great reformer Martin Luther, who was once. Yeah, so notice notice his uh, his movements, his body language, what he's doing there. Ask, what exactly was God doing before he created the universe? His answer, preparing hell for people who ask such boneheaded questions. Still typical of Martin Luther. So there's a sci-fi movie called uh, We've Forgotten More Than We Ever Knew. And one of the individuals that stars in it is this very lanky guy that uh, gets cast as all, all the monsters and all these creature films. And uh, that's that's also who this guy reminds me of, just his, his movement. It's it's inhuman, not human. It's, it's very surreal. But he starts this out by saying, he's quoting Augustine, and Augustine's little trite comment, oh, oh, you're so funny, Augustine. Um, what was God doing before he created the world, uh, creating hell for people who'd ask such questions? And uh, that's, that's not helpful. <laughs> that, do, that doesn't do anything for us. It's like, what? It's a punt. It's like, well, I'm not actually going to answer your question. I'm going to make this joke and hope, hope this question goes away. And I, I feel like that's his strategy within this very video is punt the question uh, the the video's title does god know the future and uh i did i did watch through this and he doesn't answer it and so his his goal is to punt just like augustine punts on his question about what god was doing making it very clear we better be very careful what we ascribe yeah kate says that he has an interesting voice so apparently this individual was some sort of Christian comedian at some point in his life. And so uh, maybe he has this larger than life personality. Maybe it, it played well on the Christian comedy circuits, but uh, th then he just transferred it to teaching Calvinism. Um, Maybe, maybe that's the same audience. To God before he tells us specific information in the Bible. What exactly was God doing before he created the universe? Why? So no, notice notice his movement and his voice inflections. Who does this appeal to? And so I I started just kind of looking into this channel just a little bit. Here, it's the Wretched channel, and it's got half a million subscribers. And, uh, and it's got 15,000 views. And so 
what what number of views would you expect for a legitimate channel with half a million subscribers to have? Uh, you, you expect maybe like a 15% of your actual subscribers to watch your videos. My videos hit around 30% because people don't subscribe to me unless they actually care about the things I'm saying. So I, I don't think I get very many loose subscribers, but that's an abysmal rating. He's getting the amount of watches for having 100,000 subscribers and he's had half a million. Are those all legitimate subscribers? Are those bots? Are they inflating their numbers? Uh, what What's going on here? It looks like the likes to watch ratios seems seems legitimate. So maybe those those watches are actual watches, perhaps, but I don't believe that this channel is organic in the least. I, did he make it the way that he did? How is he running the place? Do we get to make genuine free will decisions? Dude has sassy Disney syndrome, David writes. And yeah, and, and that seems to also be part of his, maybe even his appeal to Calvinists, but that's, that's his... That's the whole thing he does. That's his stick. He he he's, he mocks things, and if he uses a funny voice when he's talking about something, that will that will signal to the audience. The audience is supposed to disassociate themselves from that thing because he's using a mocking voice. He said a mocking thing, therefore that thing is bad. The audience is signal received. That thing's bad. A discard that thing and go towards whatever you you proclaim is good. Is God controlling us like robots? What about his sovereignty? What about this whole providence business? If we are not careful how we answer those questions, gulp, we could be heretics. Why? Because we know very clear things about God revealed in the scriptures, specifically sovereignty, that God is providentially. Roddy says this program appeals to arrogant Calvinists that look down on and wag their finger at the non-Calvinists. This reminds me of maybe a children's show, yeah, like Lazy Town, like like the intro video. I, it's very low mental common denominator. I cannot, I cannot believe that like the high intellect Calvinists are consuming this media. I feel like this is the type of stuff that a Calvinist might give maybe their six-year-old, to train them up with some basic talking points. So maybe maybe that's where the 15,000 views are coming from. It's, it's Calvinist kids being fed some sort of information. Guiding his creation exactly the way that he wants it while we make genuine human decisions. Why is it so important that we understand this rightly? Because the Bible is very clear about it. And one of the essentials of the faith is that we understand our theology proper about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if you are off... Imagine getting information from... This guy's like the source of where you get your information from. You're like, yeah, I heard it in a wretched video. And then the guy you're talking to goes to verify your information and he turns this on and he sees it. Wouldn't that be humiliating? I would be humiliated enough, then you're not going to heaven because you don't understand God, right? And you've created an idol in your noggin. Therefore, we will heed the warning of Martin Luther and be mega careful what we ponder when we ponder what God was pondering before he made the place. Recently, a relatively new, not totally new, but relatively new view and understanding about what God was thinking 
and why he created the universe the way that he did is becoming slightly more popular. That view was actually invented, give or take, about 500 years ago by a Catholic Jesuit. His name, and look, Mr. Molina. That's the fellow who came up with Molinism. Look at the pointing, look at the articulation. Molina, he's pointing him out. It's like a courtroom scene. That's the individual, that's the culprit. Ah, he's a bad guy. But here, here's the thing about theology and philosophy. Uh, Molina might have popularized it. I don't think he invented it. I think it's been around a lot longer than him. A lot of times people are rediscovering or reinventing ideas. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Or the middle view. This is a fellow who tried to figure out, to think through more philosophically than theologically, why did God do it the way that he does? Because he saw this tension between God's sovereignty and our free will, so he tried to come up with something that would make sense of all of it. Now, Okay, so citation needed. Big sign. Um, there, there's a XKCD comic where there's a politician on the stage and there's a guy in the crowd with a big sign that says, Citation needed. Citation needed. Um, if you're if you're speculating about Molina's motivations, maybe a little bit something to prove that he actually had those motivations, or else maybe you're just mind reading. And I, I would assume that's the case that he's just mind reading. I'm not saying Molina was inspired by biblical uh, acumen or uh, this guy, our friend on Wretched Radio. I don't know his name. He might have said his name, but uh, he he tries to say. Theology and philosophy are two different things, and Molina was into philosophy, but we were into theology. It's like, I, you guys are probably some of the most philosophically based individuals that exist. You have to read everything through light of a certain philosophical system, reinterpret verses in light of that, use those as the ground rules for interpreting the Bible, rather than what I prefer is like normal reading comprehension rules that you could bring to any text, even texts outside the Bible. Those, that's what I would say should be our default set of reading instructions for the Bible rather than reading through philosophical frameworks. But uh, he's able to, it, it, it's kind of like a poisoning the well type of thing. It's kind of a arguing through word definitions associating Molina philosophy. Calvinism theology. Now, these watchers are going to understand that this guy is a Calvinist. I think he references this in the video, that Calvinism is the correct view. And so the audience, he assumes all his audience is a friendly audience. He doesn't assume that there's too many people who disagree with him who are watching him. I think that's probably a pretty good assumption because if you don't agree with this guy and you're watching this play out, you're in for a world of like, it's, it's a cringe cast for a reason. Your, your soul might shrivel inside your body as you watch this. It's, it's that terrible. Here's one of the rubs with this particular view. It's very difficult to make sense of it. This view is called the middle view as opposed to the open view, which is God is just as surprised by stuff as you are, but it's not. Yeah, so uh, look how he characterizes the open theistic view. The open theistic view is God is just as surprised as we are. Zero open theists have ever said this in the history of the world, um, that that's our view and that's what we're defending. No, instead, when you talk about open theism, they say, oh, God is a master chess uh, player and he he could he, he knows all the pieces to move to make things happen. 
He he's omnicompetent. He's able to do things and understand things and, and foresee things that we don't foresee as humans because we don't have his intellect and his data that he's working with. That's the normal open theist position, but he has to lampoon it. He has to make it something terrible. Oh, that's icky. Stay away from that. They, they, re, they believe ridiculous things. It's a Calvinist tactic of don't touch things that we don't like because what they're scared of is that their people are going to be infected and start thinking about the arguments which are made. He's, he's scared about his, his audience being red-pilled, actually uh, consuming information that goes against their preferred, their given narrative. And in a free system with free-flowing information, Calvinism is doomed because Calvinism is not based on the Bible. Calvinism is antithetical to the Bible, and Judeo-Christian religion is not Calvinistic. And so where there's freedom of information, where people are able to come together and uh, talk about and discuss ideas, Calvinism has the losing end of that. And so they have, they have to crush they have to crush their their followers. Remember, he's talking to his followers. He's not talking to a critical audience. He has to crush their desire, um, their their um, that we'll say their empathy with opposing views. They have to say, "Don't touch these heretical views. Get them out of here. You don't have to read them. We'll tell you what they say. You don't have to uh, go examine things for yourself." We will tell you what to believe. We will tell you what to think. It's a bad. It's bad. Quite the sovereign view, which is God is controlling every single molecule, every single thing. Oh, Axe says, uh, my dad heard me listening to him once. Uh-oh, that's embarrassing. And asked why I was listening to Reverend Lovejoy from The Simpsons. That 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 seems right from what I know about The Simpsons. I'm not, not a big Simpsons guy. It's happening at his behest, whether he causes it or permits it. This is kind of squished, if you will. Preach the Word gives a testimony. He says, that's how I became an open theist. I actually listened to the arguments. Yeah, if people listen to the arguments, they people tend to be intelligent, able to put together data. They could, they could sense when people are lying to them. That's one of the reasons you never lie to your kids. Um, your kids can kind of tell when you're lying to them and when you're being honest and genuine. And you, you don't want... You don't want to mar your own character in your, your children's eyes. Yeah, so be honest with people. Don't lie to people. In the middle, and it's a little tricky to understand. So here is how we are going to endeavor to understand it. This is Adrian. Yes. This is, and have you ever heard of this little Molinism business? I know. I well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to Okay, so here's, this This is actually actually pretty telling for us. He grabs a random camera crewman who works at a full-time Christian ministry, apparently a full-time Christian ministry. Uh, uh, assumably, he's on salary. Assumably, he's listened to and filmed all this wretched radio stuff from however long. And he's unfamiliar with basic Molinism. So how telling is that about this ministry and who they hire, the caliber of uh, theologic... I mean, I guess he's like a cameraman or something because he's carrying a camera. So maybe that's supposed to be what it signals. Like, hey, come on stage here. Just walk on. Just carry a camera so everyone knows you're a cameraman. And they, they might have pre-scripted this too. They might have said, okay, you'll just pretend you don't know what Molinism is. But but he he seems it might be genuine. He might actually not know at all what Molinism is. A full time theological 
he's a technician. He, he's he's in the technology and stuff like that. So he, he's not supposed to know all the theology, but assumably this this is his world that he lives in. Explain it okay. a bunch of different ways. All right. And when I'm done explaining it, I want you to regurgitate <laughs> basically what I said to see if you get it. All right. I, I all don't. Right. I, so here's what we're gonna do. I don't think we get the regurgitation. Uh, let me kind of like uh, zoom through here. And uh, I'm not seeing the regurgitation. It's it's oh man, I would like to see the regurgitation. What was this? What was this skit? There's no payoff to this skit. Bringing this guy on a false pretense. Was he unable to do it? So you cut that out of the video. You could have refilmed it and spliced it in. Oh, where is it? So I'm going to share with you with these different explanations, different ways of coming at a really like. Boing springs coming out of your head kind of view. And Adrian will represent the tens and tens of people who are watching this program to see if he actually gets it. Here we go. Explanation number one. Oh, we, we never we never get the payoff. I, I'm, I just scroll through the video just a little bit with the thumbnails and I don't got Adrian talking at all. He doesn't talk. He doesn't tell us. Adrian, did you ever learn this? Look at that. It's my explanation. Let me try, in fact, let's do this with Adrian to explain it in general, because this thing is like a, it's like, it's like a, it's like a furball that a cat spit up. Let me try to explain this and see if you, if you can tag along with this. All right. God wants us to make free will decisions, and yet he's sovereign over everything. You see the tension right there. So God figured out a way for you and I to be able to make real free will decisions and him retaining his absolute sovereign control over everything. <laughs> Preach the word says the one thing he said that was true was that there's tens and of tens of people watching. Yeah. <laughs> so what he did, he thought about all of the different universes that would exist based on our actual decisions. So God knows you so well. Mm -hmm. He knows all of your potential decisions and he knows your actual decisions. But he thought about all the different ways the different, that the universe would go together based on our actual decisions. And he thought of the one universe where you would make the actual decisions that you make in every single situation. Okay, so there's, there's a Dane Cook rule. And I think we've talked about this Dane Cook rule before. Now, Dane Cook is a comedian. And uh, people think he's funny, but he's probably the most, most loathed and hated and uh, unfunny of popular comedians. And so the Dan Cook rule is that because he says something and he says it in an energetic way, the audience is signaled that the thing he's saying must be funny. Like one one time, I had this girl come up to me and she's she's talking to me. She's like, "Oh, I love Dane Cook. Listen to listen to this segment." And she pulls out like her phone or something. I don't know. It's like two uh, thousands, but so she had like a phone or or some sort of device. And, uh, and she plays it and I'm listening to it and it's about uh, him buying a dump truck and throwing candy in the back of the dump truck so his friends could roll around in the back of a dump truck grabbing candy. It's like that was the joke. And because he said it in, in an energetic way, like the audience was just besides themselves laughing. And I'm sitting here like, this is atrocious. This is a joke. It's not a joke. Uh, and th that's what this guy reminds me of. Uh, he just says things in energetic ways and uses his body language and emotion to try to signal to the audience what the audience needs to believe. 
And uh, with Molinism, he's doing these, oh, yeah, he's throwing his hands left and right, like, oh, Molinism is so bad. And if you make exaggerated gestures with your hands, apparently that means that thing's false that you're talking about. And he's, I like how he's like, this is my explanation. Oh, sure, let's hear what you say and how you define it first. I'm sure you're a neutral third party that cares about accurately representing views contrary to yours. So that his outcome would be achieved. Okay. You got that? Kind of. All right, let's try it like this. You, Adrian, you got that little smirk on your face. Yes. God knows you so well that you're going to smirk. And God right. knows me so well, he knew that I would point out the smirk on your face. Right. And so all of these decisions, you make this decision, you drive here, it causes me to turn there, to swerve here because you went there. God knew all of those potential things. Now right. take all the billions of people times all those billions of decisions, of course, right. which means there could be bazillions of universes. So he knew all of those universes. And because he's so sovereign, so smart, he picked the one this one, where all the genuine decisions that you would make would accomplish his sovereign will. Wow, that's really complicated. Got that? Kind of, yeah. All right. A little bit. Well, there you go. That's basically the explanation of Mullenism. Explanation number two. And so one, one problem with that is in Mullenism, God can't create, God, God actualizes the highest utility universe that he can, although there might be parallel at maximal utility universes, which could have been actualized, depending on which Molinist you talk to. And so it's it's not like everything that happens in the world is what God wants to happen, but it goes towards the maximum utility universe that could be created, which might, might have been lost a little bit in that explanation. Ooh. Oh, looky there, William Lane Craig's explanation. Let's go to the man himself. Now that you kind of know what's going on with Mullenism, here's- Yeah, so Adrian ran off. Adrian didn't tell us if he understood it. Adrian didn't regurgitate it. Adrian, come back. The, the proponent of Mullenism explaining the middle view. Mullenism is a way of reconciling divine sovereignty and human freedom. Yeah, so uh, interviewing, pulling up an interview with William Lane Craig, this is, this is to his credit. Wretched Radio's credit. Uh, I think someone put his name up here in the comments. I, what is this guy's name? I'll, I'll pull it up. But um, to his credit, he is Todd Todd Friel. Todd Friel. To his credit, he is playing actual clips of actual Molinist believers. It's named after Luis Molina, who was a 16th century Jesuit theologian. And what Molina said is that logically prior to God's creating the world, God knew what any free creature that he might create would freely do in any set of circumstances. That yeah, the William Lane Craig versus James White debate on Molinism was fantastic because William Lane Craig went out and he said, he just said, yeah, this, this is a model in which you could read the Bible from this model. Your system is too. And James White gets all huffy. He's like, my. he did this uh, wretched radio thing where it's like, my thing's about the Bible. And yours is just philosophy. And William Lane Craig's like, yours is philosophy too. It's the same thing. The, your proof text that you just brought up to prove that, that your theology is biblical, that works with my system too. You're just reading it through a model just like me. 
Oh, that was that was one of the most fantastic things about that debate. A laughing in in James White's face. Um, that was that was perhaps the best thing. Uh, William Lane Craig, well respected individual, uh, g- fairly intelligent person. That's that everyone considers an expert in the field. Laughing in James White's face. That was the most fantastic part of the debate. James White was his his soul was bra- broken. You could see it. You could see how angry and frustrated he was getting. He was getting laughed at. Oh, it's so funny. But, you know, William Lane Craig, uh, he he admits that this is a philosophical model. The Calvinist, as we've seen in this video, does not. That he might place that person. And so by creating those circumstances and placing the people in them, God is able to providentially order the world so that his purposes are ultimately achieved through... Andrew writes that uh, Todd Frail also sneaks works into salvation on the regular, which is interesting with Calvinist soteriology that uh, they're elect from time eternal, predestined, and we can't contribute anything to our own salvation, and then putting conditions on salvation that we contribute. It's it's one of those little intricacies, interesting things about uh, Calvinism that doesn't doesn't they they kind of don't believe their own their own system you see that a lot with calvinism they don't believe their own system but talking about models yeah we we ourselves read the bible with different models so i can read the bible let's say with a time view of presentism you're not going to find explicit presentist um descriptions in the bible you'll you'll find verses like god will remember the past and then he'll He'll uh, expect things in the future, which which points to kind of like a presentist model. But there are competing models. There's things like the growing block model of time. Um, there's God being outside of time, those types of models. So those are models with which we could read the Bible. We wouldn't want to say that the Bible is specifically one model rather than the, uh, than the other, a presentist model without a growing block universe or or a presentism with a growing block universe. We wouldn't want to, want to make definitive claims like that. So I, I try to be careful when I'm discussing these things to say, yeah, this is the, a model that I'm presenting here, which is compatible with the Bible. And there might be other models, but here's the one that I think is accurate. And so uh, Molinism is one such model that you can try to read the Bible in, but it doesn't fit all of the data that, that we find the free decisions of creatures. So it gives God tremendous sovereignty over human history, but without annihilating human freedom. That's exactly what I said. Explanation number three. Middle knowledge is designed to harmonize God's sovereignty and our free will to release that tension. Explanation number four. Yeah, I don't think it's about God's sovereignty. I think he's using these trigger words because those are his words that he cares deeply about and his audience cares deeply about. And so he's going to try to weasel those into an explanation. Uh, Jeff writes, so what's the word for the principle that what seems to be true is good to go until you find out differently? Uh, I don't know offhand. I don't know if I, I talked about something like that. I'm I'm thinking rational irrationality for for believing whatever's convenient, but that's that's not what you're looking for. 
So I don't know offhand. I'll, I'll have to go look it up. Middle knowledge is so named because it comes between natural and free knowledge in God's deliberations regarding the creative process. It's not really between open theism and sovereignty. It's kind of the timing of when he thought all this stuff. Explanation number five. God knows every possible decision in unlimited possible universes. He created the universe that leads to his will being determined. Just trying to explain this a bunch of... No, yeah, that's that's no. I don't think you're going to find a Molinist that's going to to affirm that definition. So I think what he's doing is he's just rephrasing it in a bunch of different ways that he would want to rephrase it. That uh, his audience is going to take in a negative fashion because of a word choice. Different ways so that you ultimately go. Okay, I kind of think I'm getting this here. Explanation number six: God is able to plan events down to the very last detail by prearranging the circumstances in which his creatures will find themselves and make their free will decisions. God doesn't cause those choices, but he does guarantee them in some strong sense by orchestrating circumstances in light of his middle knowledge. Are you taking notes on this? Finally, explanation number seven. By his middle knowledge, God knows which possible worlds are feasible worlds, and he decides on the basis of his criteria, which of those feasible worlds to actually, and inserted weekly, actualize. Now, that's a lot of information. <laughs> okay, what does weekly actualize mean? Why are you putting, does any Molinist affirm these extra definitions? And so he does a good thing where he does uh, play a clip by William Lane Craig, but then everything else that he puts there is just like his own words and his own framing and not framing that Molinists themselves would give. And so it's it's a very disingenuous attempt. I, re I really think that what he's trying to do is to control the flock, stop them from looking outside of Calvinism, and stop them from seeking answers outside himself. That feels what's like what's going on here, manipulation. What difference does it make? Is it right? Is it wrong? And what does it have to do with you and me? I would like to suggest to you a lot. If you are going through anything hard, anything difficult, anything that is causing you stress or anxiety, understanding the problems of the middle view and the joys of the sovereign view will comfort you. All right, so he starts this video and he starts talking about um, God predestining sin and, and uh, how we struggle with things like that, but then he never actually addresses it. And then he ends the video with this weird statement that uh, you get a lot of joy from the sovereign view, which he never established. And it's it's almost like he's gaslighting his audience. So let's let's go back to the beginning and see if we can't get that clip where he's talking about those things. You, you'd think maybe he would address them. What maybe what he's doing is he's throwing out ideas and then hand waving them. And then since the audience sees that this video is eight minutes long, something like that, the audience just kind of thinks, "Oh, this was addressed in this video." I bet some of them at one point said, "Oh, yeah, he he addressed this concept in this video." And then they went rewatched it, and then it wasn't there. Martin Luther, making it very clear, we better be very careful what we ascribe. Yeah, Petro writes that uh, he thinks that the word weekly inserted in that definition is meant to distinguish Molinism from God directly determining everything. And so that's, 
That's likely what's going on there. In Calvinism, God determines even the secret thoughts of our heart, whereas in Molinism, God is manipulating circumstances to achieve the greatest utility of the universe, but letting free creatures play out their own free actions. But he doesn't explain that, and using the weekly is, is loaded language. It, I, it's not a good practice. To God before he tells us specific information in the Bible. What exactly was God doing before he created the universe? Why did he make it the way that he did? How is he running the place? Do we get to make genuine free? Uh-oh. Uh, it's, uh, spit, it's spitting on me. Come back. Decisions. Is God controlling us like robots? What? Yeah, so he starts talking about God controlling us like robots, and this is in his intro. Does he ever address that? Does he does he talk about these issues? It's it's not here. So why is he putting this into the beginning of his video to introduce this subject? What is he doing? It's got to be gaslighting. What about his sovereignty? What about this whole providence business? If we oh man, it's 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 killing out on me. Why are you doing this, YouTube? Why are you doing this? I'll just hit refresh on the screen. It was the great reform. The way that he wants it while we make genuine human decisions. Why is it so important that we. Yeah, it's, it's a strange tactic. Just throw out a bunch of concepts out there and then just conclude just pretending they're all wrapped up with an answer that Calvinism is joyful and, and Calvinistic sovereignty is the truth. And uh, just, he didn't even explain any problems with Molinism even. If you noticed this video, so this video, does God know the future? He didn't address whether or not God knows the future. Instead, he takes a jab at open theism, throws out a bunch of different definitions for Molinism, and then just says Molinism's bad, Calvinism is good. He doesn't address any of the issues that he started with. So this, this is a terrible video. This is a terrible piece of propaganda it's not useful. And uh, who's watching this? Who's consuming this? Comments are all turned off, right? Um, how, how many of these people are negative? They, they don't like criticism here at Wretched Radio. We'll go to like one of his newer videos and see maybe his newer videos this have comments the turned on. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they do a thing where they turn off comments after a number of days. Probably not. Boom! Okay. No, oh, look, they got comments on this. Interesting, interesting. And this one has uh, 24,000 views, so that seems a little bit more realistic. But if you kind of look back through their history, it's bouncing up and down. 15K, 23K, 18K. So they're hovering around the 15K mark, which makes me think that most of their subscribers are not real subscribers. They, they paid some sort of bot for boosting. And then, uh, then grabbed a bunch of viewers from that. But I, I can't imagine who watches this stuff. It's just so terrible and mind-numbing. I just, I'd be embarrassed. There's that comment where, <laughs> where someone's dad caught him watching this. That, that's very embarrassing, right? Kevlar says it's all about comfort. Um, he says, uh, oh man, I just clicked the wrong thing. It's all about comfort. If my theology doesn't comfort me, it's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. 
David says, YouTube is big mad at you. They are big mad at me. I got like one strike on my account because uh, one of my intros was some kids like like duking it out. This kid uh, doing good karate type stuff. They didn't like that whatsoever. And as, as soon as the text of all my stuff goes through their servers, I'm probably going to get a bunch of strikes. That's That's one problem about becoming a big channel is... Then you get the hate mobs and the woke mobs trying to destroy you and cancel you. You become a target for censorship. And so that, this, that's what I need to do is get a backup of my channel on Rumble as soon as possible before the cancel mobs come for me and to destroy my channel. Because there's material out there that uh, YouTube would definitely take issue with. So Brandon says, when I started watching YouTube, I actually watched Wretched. I stopped paying attention to this guy when he smeared the Robertsons from the Robertsons for Duck Dynasty. Yeah, they they seem like good guys. I don't. I've never watched the show. They have beards and they, they seem they seem like genuine people. But yeah, here's a. It's in the recommended feed. I think they're paying for boosting. That's got that's got to explain some of these views. That it has to explain this weird subscriber differential that that you wouldn't expect. All right, so I think we're about out of content for them. I don't think there's anything Tucker Carlson. This is about God. Is is he talking to Tucker? Tucker Carlson is not a Calvinist, and Tucker Carlson criticizes Calvinism. So I wonder if uh, they have him on. It doesn't look like they have him on, but that would be interesting. I kind of scroll through here a little bit. Oh. Uh, they they just they just uh, show a little video clip of his. But Tucker Cal- Cal- Carlson is not a Calvinist and criticizes Calvinism, which I think I put a clip of that on YouTube, which is interesting. Anyways, we're going to cut there for tonight. Um, this was very cringy. I would not let my kids watch this. I would rather my kids watch um, violent videos. I just showed them out, Troy, the other night. Uh, try to get them some background about the Iliad and the Odyssey. And, uh, so my daughter, of course, always falls asleep in all these videos, but my boys are very interested. And then we had to talk about the differences between the Iliad and the actual Troy movie, which there's significant differences. And there's, there's Hollywoodization of, of the book, adding romantic subplots that absolutely should not be in there, destroying character motivations, things like that. But very interesting, very fun. Anyways, Yeah, we're going to cut there. If you've got questions or comments, put that down below. Thanks for watching. If you read the book, God is Open, I'd appreciate uh, putting a review on Amazon. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you later.